Hello and welcome into the mashup, your number one source for sports gaming and everything in between. And holy shit. There's so much that happened last week. Like, end of last week through the weekend into this week. There's so much that happened. I, I don't get it. I truly don't get it. July is supposed to be the slow times. For gamers and for sports fans. Like July, we're... We're still... We're a few weeks removed from E3. We're still hearing little bits more about what the holiday releases are, but you don't really get into overdrive for that until August. Same thing with sports. You get a you get a few off-season moves here and there, but no. Not in 2021. <laughs> It seems like the world is apologizing for the hellhole that was last year and uh, just giving us so much. Not all of it's good. Activision. But most of it is it. But it is all at least interesting in, in one way or another. Because hopefully, let, let's start with the Activision thing. Let's get that out of the way. This is a this is an absolute disaster for Active Blizzard. This is an unmitigated disaster for Active Blizzard. Now, at first, I was a little skeptical. Not not that I wasn't believing what I saw, but California's track record with businesses of a certain size is not great. California not exactly a place I would want to run a big business. But when you actually read the lawsuits and realize this was a two-year-long investigation and some of the incredibly graphic details written in said lawsuit, it's kind of hard to ignore. Like, some of the... Some of the details in that lawsuit are straight up disgusting. Like, no other word for them. Like, let's just, uh, let's just take a look at some of, some of the wonderful things. This is on the more tame end. Defendants have also fostered a pervasive, quote, frat boy workplace culture that continues to thrive in the office, women are subjected to cube crawls in which male employees drink copious amounts of alcohol as they crawl their way through various cubicles, cubicles in the office and often engage in inappropriate behavior towards female employees. Male employees proudly come into work hungover, hungover play video games for long periods of time during work. Honestly, at a game developing studio, I don't see that as much of an issue. I don't know why that's mentioned. I feel like everyone at a video game studio should probably be playing video games for long periods of time. Just a thought. Like, but everyone. <laughs> During work while delegating their responsibilities to female employees. That's the bad part. If they are shirking their jobs and just pushing it all off on the women and making them work a million times harder, that's different. But I feel like at a game development studio, playing video games for long periods of time 
is part of the job description. So I don't have as much of an issue with that. I don't know. I don't necessarily know why that one is mentioned in with all this other stuff. Because that is very much a, um, one of these things just doesn't belong here type of, type of situation. At least in my eyes. Now them coming in hungover, that's bad. Engage in banter about their sexual encounters, bad. Uh, talk openly about female bodies, bad. And joke about rape, bad. <laughs> these are all terrible things. <laughs> Yeah, this is just, yeah, this is just straight up uh, favoritism and sexism. In another example, a female employee who worked at Blizzard was assigned to a lower level, denied equal pay, and passed over for a promotion, despite multiple factors suggesting that he er that she earned it. Highly rated performance reviews, uh, generated signif significantly more revenue in her mar marketing campaigns than her male counterpart, counterpart. Uh, ran almost twice as many campaigns as her male counterpart. Despite her accomplishments, her male counterpart was invited to have monthly or weekly one-on-one -on -one meetings with the vice president. She was not afforded these same opportunities and unsurprisingly was passed over for a promotion in favor of her male counterpart. Now, just based on these details, sounds like she should be head of marketing or, or whatever job this guy got. Uh, similarly, other female employees at Blizzard were assigned to lower level roles, denied equal pay, and further delayed or passed over for promotions in favor of male counterparts who lack the same experience or qualification, but who were friends with the male head of the unit. A newly promoted male supervisor delegated his responsibilities to his now female subordinates in favor of playing Call of Duty. Other male supervisors would refuse to communicate with female employees going to their male counterparts for information. Yeah, that's not good. That's not sexual assault, but it's also not good. And Activision's statement, joke. Absolute joke of a response where they denied all of it and didn't really do anything. And then, of course, the, uh, the, the most graphic one. I don't know why this is number 48. In the lawsuit when just standard favoritism and misogyny was at 36 and 37. But, and I, I will put out a warning for this one. This is pretty graphic. Um, just go ahead and skip ahead a couple minutes if you don't want to hear this one. In a tragic example of the harassment that def the defendants allowed to fester in their offices, a female employee committed suicide while on a company trip due to a sexual relationship that she had been having with her male supervisor. The male supervisor was found by police to have brought a butt plug and lubricant on this business trip. Another employee confirmed that the deceased female employee may have been suffering from other sexual harassment at work prior to her death. Specifically at a holiday party before her death, male co-workers were alleged to be... Yeah, I'm not reading the rest of that. Um, I don't even want to read the rest of that. Uh, I read enough that you could probably track this part of the lawsuit down. If you want to find the full thing, it's uh, point number 48. Uh, because I am not reading the rest of that. It, it just felt too gross. Reading, 
reading the first part of that was gross enough, but I am not reading the last part of that out loud because it's just that disgusting. So on Wednesday, which is when I'm recording this, uh, most of Active Blizzard's employees have have staged a walkout and the company to its credit is supporting them. Uh, they're giving them PTO for this. Sure. And, uh, life at blizzard, which is, I believe their career recruiting Twitter, uh, posted a tweet with a blue heart. Um, I'm going to check right now if they have done anything else since that blue heart tweet, uh, given the company's track record, I highly doubt it. Yeah, that was three hours ago, and they have tweeted nothing since. Uh, the WoW team posted something 23 hours ago. Have they tweeted anything since? Um, no. They haven't tweeted... Other than that statement, they haven't tweeted anything in almost a week. So, uh, yeah, this is... Um, I I don't think that's enough. Like, at all. So, hopefully, and, and apparently streamers aren't playing, like, any Blizzard games today. I'm gonna, gonna check Twitch right now, actually, to see, uh, what, what big streamers are playing. Uh, Nick Merckx, Apex Legends. Shroud, Apex Legends. Imnog, he's an Overwatch streamer. Apex Legends. Bonsai Bros, Splitgate. Yeah, Mass Effect Legends, Apex, uh, Final Fantasy XIV. Let's do Browse. Warzone still has 112,000 viewers. But just based on, like, Nick Merckx and Shroud alone, Apex does have more. So that's, that's good, I guess. Yeah, the, uh, the Call of Duty categories are, their view counts on Twitch right now are definitely, uh, lower. Yeah, hide it low. Let's see. Top of Twitch right now, just chatting because, of course, it is GTA 5, League, Fortnite, and Apex. So, yeah. Blizzard games have taken a hit. Because normally, Warzone is firmly in the top three. Like, Firmly in the top three and then cold war and modern warfare are way down. Like I can't even, yeah, they're way down the list. Good Lord. It, it takes a little bit of scrolling before you find a blizzard game other than Warzone, And it's, it's world of Warcraft. So yeah, people are still playing blizzard games because no one's going to stop everyone, but they have, uh, they have taken a hit. They have they have taken a big old hit. Which uh that's a good thing. Because I mean it's not directly giving Blizzard money, but it it is supporting them. So hopefully this actually causes Blizzard to do something. Or I, I can't let Activision off the hook. Act of Blizzard. Because uh, it's one company now. And they have... They have screwed up. They have screwed up big time. And, like, 
let's be honest here. The entire industry needs to change. The The entire industry needs to change. The entire community needs to change. Like, just treat people like... It would... It would be hard to describe me as what would so, what someone would traditionally consider a feminist because I'm not like I I am not that. Now don't go taking that out of context. I I just treat people like people. It's so simple. Just treat people like people. It's not that hard. Like, come on, guys. Is it really that hard to not be a creep? Is it really that hard to just promote people based on their experience and their merit? No. It's, like, I'm an idiot. I, like, let's be honest here. I'm a freaking idiot. If I can figure this out, multi-billion dollar companies should be able to figure this out. The company that has made, the, the two companies that have now merged into one that have made some of the most popular game franchises of all time, Call of Duty, Warcraft and its various spinoffs, because like the Warcraft MOBA, World of Warcraft, Hearthstone, Starcraft, like some of the most popular games of all time. BlizzCon is one of the biggest events of every single year. Like, get it together, guys. It's not that hard to not be a creep. And taking it to the level that this lawsuit alleges that they did is absolutely insane. It's straight up ridiculous. And do I think the rest of the industry is completely free of guilt? Absolutely not. I know this goes on in other devs. Maybe to varying degrees, but something like this has probably happened at multiple different studios. Probably a good chunk of them. We just haven't heard about it yet. Like, hopefully this will actually cause some change and we don't just keep spinning our wheels and saying, like, just spewing rhetoric on Twitter. Because that that's not the way to do it. Twitter is a hell site. Twitter is... Like... To anyone who works in the media, you know this. Twitter is a necessary evil. That is all it is to me. It is a necessary evil. That's the only reason I still have one. Because that website sucks. But just spewing rhetoric on Twitter is not going to change a damn thing. Like, the industry has to be better. The community has to be better. Simple as that. Change is hard, but change is necessary. <laughs> like, we got to get our crap together, people. Gaming's supposed to be a meritocracy. Let's make it one. We always claim we are. Like, you earn your spot, and that's that's all that matters. Is is if you can is if you can prove you belong then why don't we start acting like it? Simple as that. All right. Now that most of the heavy stuff is out of the way, I kind of uh, kind of sandwiched it because the, uh, the other heavy thing is uh, a little bit shorter. So it goes at the end of the show. 
let's uh let's lighten the mood a little bit the halo infinite first round of beta is this weekend and uh someone may have uh, woken up to an email at four o'clock this morning that i got an invite so <laughs> i'm gonna be streaming that all weekend long uh once i get off work tomorrow because uh your boy also got a legit job. Don't worry. The podcast is not going to suffer. I know it got delayed a couple days this week because of that, but I'm going to be right on track next week with a new episode next Tuesday. I can promise you, I am making you that promise right now. But once I get off tomorrow, I am coming home and I am playing that beta for several hours. Like, I'm going to eat and shower, and then I'm playing that beta until I don't feel like playing anymore. And then, same thing on Friday, same thing on Saturday, and I don't know my schedule yet, but if I'm not working, same thing on Sunday. Simple as that. I mean, it, I don't even think it's going to have PvP. I think it's just going to be, it's going to be testing the bots, which are a wonderful feature, having... Having a bot practice range for for a Halo game is a wonderful thing because hopefully Infinite is going to bring in a whole new fan base. Probably a lot of Fortnite kids and Warzone kids who uh, don't know how to play a real multiplayer shooter or guys who have forgotten how to play a real multiplayer shooter because they got so sucked in by BR content. So uh, that... That bot mode will be good for uh, people who need a refresher on how to play a real shooter. And even if it's not PvP, even if it's not true PvP, like I'm only going to be able to play against bots, it'll still feel so good to have a new Halo game in my hands. Even if it's even if it's an early build, which I'm assuming this is. Even if it's a pretty early build. That's fine. It's Halo Infinite. I don't freaking care. So, yes, I will have my reaction on the on the show next week. I will have I, I will have a full report of my opinion and I will be streaming it pretty much all weekend long. So uh, you have that to look forward to. Link to my stream will be once again in the show description where it always is. But hopefully, uh, hopefully if you get in. Hopefully each beta will just be bigger and bigger and bigger. Like the people who get invited to the first round will be automatically in the second round. And like that'll introduce PVP, which, oh God. Like if, if the one that introduces PVP lasts a week, like that's all I'm going to be doing when I'm not working. It is just streaming that. Like that's going to be my life is go to work, sleep, eat, play Halo. <laughs> And, like, record the show every Monday. Like, that that's going to be... Like, if the one that actually includes PvP is a full week, which would be absolutely amazing. Like, on my downtime, that's all I'm going to be doing. I'm just going to be playing Halo Infinite nonstop. That's all I'm going to be doing when it comes out. I'm just going to be playing Halo Infinite nonstop. And I am very hyped for that. Like, even, even if this is just, like, wetting our appetites, which I assume it is based on what I've, what I've seen and heard online so far, that it is, isn't going to include too much of a PvP element. 
it's just going to be like testing the bots, finding out, seeing if they have any more quirks that they have to work out with them. And I think it's going to have the, I think I saw it's going to have the weapon range too, which yes, let me try all the new guns. Cause there look like a lot of cool new guns in this game. And I want to see how the, uh, I want to see how the old classics feel. I, I want to see how the DMR feels. I want to see how the AR feels. I want to see how, uh, this new version of the pistol feels. I know it's a new gun, but how much can you really change a futuristic pistol? I am, uh, I, I'm very excited for, uh, whatever this game is going to bring. Hopefully I get to use the grappling hook. Like if I get to use the grappling hook, I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to lose it. Like I'm, I'm going to be so happy the first time I get to like, Oh my God. If I get to drive a Razorback, if the Razorbacks are, which I, I think they will be. Cause like, I feel like the arena is probably going to be on like regular multiplayer maps. If I get to drive a Razorback, oh man, I'm going to have fun with that. Or like whatever their regular Warthog looks like that looks like. Cause I think the real war, the original Warthog is still in the game too, which, uh, makes sense. It's a smaller vehicle. It, it serves a different purpose than the Razorback would from a, from a military sense. But we, uh, we shall see. I'm, I'm very excited for this, even though it's a, going to be a very watered down version of the full game, but I still can't wait to play it. Even if I'm just playing against bots all weekend, I'm, I'm good with that. But, uh, that's, that's enough of the nerd news. Let's, uh, let's flip flop and, uh, and go back to the most like news packed July, as far as sports is concerned, I can remember. Like there has not been a July this interesting in a long, long time. So, I mean, this was, this was about an hour ago. This, this was, this was a little bit about, this was a little over an hour ago, I believe. Actually two hours ago. Yeah, it was, it was at 228. So this was about uh, two and a half hours ago. Just the difference in amount of like literally everything in in terms of number of contracts, length of contracts, the cap hit, and the value of every contract compared to last year. The first two hours of last year, number of contracts, 22. Contract years, 41. Cap hit, $40 million. Contract dollars, $94 million. Those are all really low numbers for the first two hours of NHL free agency. This year, the first two hours, contracts, 60. Uh well over double almost three times uh contract years 136 that's more than triple uh cap hit 140 million also more than triple uh or yeah that's uh god that's close to what would that be my, my math my math skills are failing me because triple would be 120. So, uh, yeah, almost four times as, uh, as much. 
Yeah, three and a half exactly. There's there's my math brain. And uh, contract dollars four hundred and five million. So um, that's that's close to five times as much. So <laughs> everything is exponentially higher than last year. Almost triple, more than triple, more than triple, more than four times. <laughs> Good lord. That's uh, th- that's a good thing because that that makes the NHL more interesting. Because <laughs> uh, the first half of the season wasn't that great for the NHL. It was pretty freaking boring. Because uh, empty arena hockey sucks, and I hope we never have to go back to it. But there's there's been some. About an hour ago, Nick Foligno to the Bruins. Uh, interesting pickup for the Bruins, but definitely, definitely fits their their mo as far as uh, as far as their style of player. Um, Braden Point got paid, and honestly, man has earned every penny. It's a it's a very long contract. It's through. It's through the 2029-2030 season. And how old is Braden Point? <laughs> and if he hit FA, he's probably that probably means he's like he, he's 25. Good God. Man, I mean He's gonna be 34 at the end of that, but like he's a center. Centers are still good in their mid thirties. So yeah, he's, um, yeah, he's going to be fine. Like, and doing the math, doing the age math, like his, his like absolute prime, which is about three years from now is, uh, and it doesn't kick in until not this coming season, but next season. It, it starts in uh, twenty twenty two, but he gets nine million, uh, eleven and a quarter, then twelve million for two years in a row. Then it starts to go down nine and three quarters, seven point six, and then uh, seven point two for the last two years. But I think they're still gonna get good value out of that out of those last like three four years of this contract because. Braden Point was a key piece in their last two Stanley Cup wins. And as far as I'm concerned, the man has earned every single penny of this. uh, What's the, uh, what's the actual value? Uh, (laughs) 31.5 million in, in salary and uh, 44.5 in uh, signing bonus. So that is a grand total of 31.5 plus 44.5. Oops. $77 million over the course of the next nine years. Uh, Yeah, he is... He is worth every single penny. Like... Every single penny of that $77 million. 
I, I would pay him that if if I had that kind of money. Like, yeah, dude's worth it. Dude's a hundred percent worth it. He he played ridiculously well, and he uh, he earned the money he got. Like, good lord. Dang. Uh, Ryan Getzlaff sticking with the Ducks. Uh, man. I kind of wanted him on the Flyers, but they've... I, I don't want them to overspend. I, I'd like them to keep some cap space for Carter Hart. So, that's fine. Yeah, uh, one year, 4.5. I don't know if I'd be okay with the Flyers paying that for Getzlaff. Like, I want to, I want to give Carter Hart a, uh, I, I want to give Carter Hart an extension. Like, dude's earned it. But there have been some other big moves, including in, in a, in a move that will shock absolutely no one. Uh, Alex Ovechkin is sticking around in Washington, D.C. for, I believe the term of the contract was another five years, which, um, yeah, five-year, 47.5... Good God! Five-year, 47.5 million dollars. What's the, uh... What's the AAV on that? Uh, 47.5 divided by five is... Yeah, nine and a half million dollars a year. Um, Not too shabby for the guy who is going to retire as the best player in the history of DC sports. Yeah, he's 35. This is his he, he's going to retire at the end of this. I can almost I can almost guarantee it. Because he's going to have the all-time goal record at the end of this. Let's uh let's look. Let's look that up. See where he's Let's see where he's currently at. He's currently at 730. So he needs 164. He needs 164 over the next five years. So 164 divided by five, 32.8. So, so he needs to average about 33 goals a year, give or take 32, 33 goals a year over the next five years. Yeah. Alex Ovechkin can do that. Cause uh, let's see 33 divided by or 32.8 divided by 82. It is is point four, so yeah, yeah he can manage that. Dude's gonna break Gretzky's record. Well, he he needs one hundred and sixty five even to to actually beat it. So he would need to he would need to average exactly thirty three goals a season. Yeah, he would need to average exactly thirty three goals a season, which um he is still more than capable of, especially because probably for the next two years he's gonna average more than that. Like, I think he's got a couple more 40-goal seasons left in him. Especially this year with a a full Xfinity Center. Xfinity Center? I think that's what it's called. Now, Capital One Arena is is what it is. Yeah, oh, Xfinity Center is at University of Maryland. With a, with a full Capital One Arena and an 82-game season, that man could score 33 goals this year. He's going to get more than that. He's going to be somewhere in the 40 to 45 range this year, which will... Uh, which will really help him on the back end of that contract because that's just going to drop his average. Cause if he, uh, if he scores 45 this year, that that would leave him at 
730 plus 45. Yeah, he would be at 175, so he would need another 119. Yeah, oh, that drops the the average you would need by a lot. He would need to average less than 30 for the for the uh the rest of those 4 years. Um yeah, so if he if he has two more 40 game seasons, assuming he has a, like a 45 and a 40 over the next 2 years, like he'll be he'll be right on Gretzky's heels. Yeah, 815. <laughs> He would need he would need three seasons to score 80 goals. He could absolutely do that if he did 45 and 40 the next two years. Yeah. He's he's gonna break the record and be the number one goal scorer in NHL history. Simple as that. And he's going to retire as the best athlete in the history of DC sports. I'm not even a Caps fan, and I can acknowledge. Those two absolute facts. Because the guy doesn't really get injured. Ever. And even when he does, he... Unless they're super serious, he plays through them. And the man scores goals like it's no one's business. The Caps are going to keep making the playoffs, so those goals will count too. Like... The man's going to... Like, the Caps at bare minimum are going to be are going to win a couple games in the first round over the next five years. Like, that is their floor. Do I think they'll win another Stanley Cup? Probably not. I think they have to make some other roster changes to get Ovechkin another ring. I don't think they're going to win another Cup unless they make some massive changes to the rest of the roster. And, but uh, Ovechkin will score 165 goals over the next five years. That's... That's just a guarantee. I'm guaranteeing that right now. 165 in five years? Ovechkin can do that. Even if he will be 40 at the end of this contract. He can He can totally do it. Just being honest. There were a couple other... There were a couple other big moves. Uh, speaking of the Capitals, uh, Braden Holtby is gone. Um, I think we all kind of knew that was happening after last season where he wasn't very good. And uh, he's on his way to the Dallas Stars at a pretty team-friendly deal. Um, I kind of wanted him to come to the Flyers. I Because it, 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 it was one year, two million for both guys, for, for Holtby and Martin Jones. And, like, neither of them would be the number one guy, Holtby or Jones, because there's no way the two of them are playing over Carter freaking Hart. But I would have rather had Holtby. I think his career needs less of a rehab. Like, the dude has a Stanley Cup ring. He was a key piece of that win. Sure. Was that the best year of his career? Yes. But was he a key piece of that team? Yes. Go back and go back and watch the 2018 playoffs. Braden Holtby was a key piece of that run. Obviously, Ovechkin was too, and so was, unfortunately, human garbage can Tom Wilson. But, hey... I am glad of Tom Wilson for one thing. He scared the crap out of the Penguins and the Rangers into uh, prioritizing grit and toughness over, you know, speed and goal scoring. Things that are actually important in the modern NHL game. You, you know, it'd be better to just find guys who can do both. <coughs> Quadro. 
<coughs> Cam Atkinson. <coughs> like it's better to just find guys who can who can do both. And speaking of the Flyers, uh, Keith Yandel, which again, Keith Yandel, not the player he used to be. He's he's kind of on the back end of his career, but dude's still dude's still a good blue line presence, and even more importantly, a locker room presence, which uh, clearly has been the theme of the Flyers' off season is. This is in desperate need of a shakeup. That's why Nolan Patrick is gone. That's why... That's why Jake Voracek is gone. Because, I mean... Nolan Patrick didn't want to be in Philly anymore. And the the most notable thing Voracek has done in Philly over the last couple years is is call a, a crappy reporter a weasel. Which, he was right. The, the guy's a weasel. Like... Like a lot of uh, like a lot of Philadelphia reporters are, but if that's the most notable thing you've done, when a few years ago you were a top line goal scoring threat alongside Claude Giroux, it's time to make a change. And I think uh, I think both guys needed a uh, needed a change of pace. I I don't think. I don't think uh, this has happened yet. No. He hasn't. Vladimir Tarasenko has not been traded yet. Please, Chuck. If you only make one other trade this offseason, go get Vladimir Tarasenko. The man desperately wants out of St. Louis, and he would be a major scoring threat. Which, uh, after last season's offensive disaster, the Flyers desperately need. So, for the love of God, Chuck, go get Tarasenko. Like, you may have to trade JVR, which will also free up cap space, because that contract, oof. But, go get Tarasenko if you can. Like, my God. If, like... If you got Terrace if if the Flyers get Tarasenko and Carter Hart bounces back this year, cup contender. I'm saying it right now, cup contender. Because I think last year was absolutely a fluke for Carter Hart. I've mentioned it on the show before. But if they get Tarasenko, cup contender. But honestly, I think one of the biggest moves so far, because I didn't trust Chris Drieger as the the number one goalie for the Kraken. I know Ron Francis is really high on him because he he drafted him in Carolina, so fair. Like he he got a or I think he's always been with the Panthers, but he got a good look at the guy while he was in while he was in Carolina. He he had to scout him a lot. And you know what? I uh you know what? He would Ron Francis would know better than me. I'll give him that. Like he built a very good team in Carolina. And I think I think Seattle picked a good GM. I don't like their head coach choice. I've already talked about that, but they signed Grubauer. Same thing, like Grubauer, not not what he used to be in goal, but like 
the man is a is a decent goalie. Got a uh, got a not too bad contract, and let's let's just see his uh, let's just see his year over year stats, uh, career statistics. Um, let's just find since he's been in the NHL. Played a few. Uh, where's his first like major season in the NHL? Here we go. 2015-16 with the Caps. Decent save percentage. Yeah, decent save percentage all the way across uh, most of his seven and five in the playoffs in uh, in 2018-19, which is which is good. And yeah, two very good years with the uh, the Avalanche. Like nine nine sixteen save percentage, nine point two two save percentage last year, one point nine five goals against in a shortened season. Uh yeah, like that's pretty good. And for the money they got him for, because I think what did they what did they get him for? Six year thirty five point four million? That's not bad. That's not bad at all. 35.4 divided by 6. Yeah, there's a lot of math in this episode. 5.9 a year? Pfft. Yeah, that's that's worth it for Grubauer. If now, obviously with uh with uh, department store Dave at the helm, he might really screw this up because, you know, it was partially Hextall's fault that they uh, ignored Carter Hart for so long, but I partially blame Dave. Actually, I almost exclusively, I very heavily blame Dave, so he's probably going to screw this up. But if the Kraken had a better head coach, I would, uh, I, I would make Grubauer. I would say he makes Grubauer the number one starter. Like Grubauer should be your number one goalie. He's, I would put him over Drieger. I really would. Drieger's good. Grubauer's better. But I love the craziness of free agency so far. Because I think uh, I think some trades are still going to happen. Please, Tarasenko to Philly, please. <laughs> but I, I like the moves a lot of these teams have made. Obviously, the Caps locking up Ovechkin is huge. Like, the man is now going to retire in D.C. Like, that's just a lock. Because unless he goes to the KHL at the end of his at the end of his career, which could still be a possibility, he's not playing anywhere else in the NHL. Like he might play a couple years in Russia, but he's gonna retire in in NHL terms as a member of the Washington Capitals, and there, it, it hurts me to say this. There will be two really good number eights, two Hall of Fame, all time great number eights in the Baltimore DC corridor, because. Uh, Actually, who am I kidding? Two. There will be three. I forgot about Lamar Jackson for a second. But there will be there will be three all-time great number eights in, in the Baltimore DC corridor. And God, that's some elite company to wear that number. Like, if anyone else. One, I think, well, it is, number eight is already retired by the Orioles. It's absolutely going to be retired by the Capitals. And if things go well for Lamar Jackson, it's going to be retired by the Ravens too. So every, three of the, three of the, uh, what? 
six teams in the region would have number eight retired. <laughs> Good Lord. So half, half of the teams in Baltimore and DC would have number eight retired. If, if Lamar Jackson's career trajectory continues the way it go is going and he gets number eight retired by the Ravens as well. But speaking of the NFL, training camp has started and, uh, Aaron Rodgers is back. Huh? <laughs> I I did not expect this at all, but um, he wasted no opportunity to absolutely rip the Packers front office to shreds in his post-practice press conference. Yeah. If you can't commit to me past 2021, I'm not part of the recruit and I'm not part of the recruiting process and free agency. If I'm not part of the future, then instead of me being a lame duck quarterback, then let me move forward. I just expressed my desire to be more involved in conversations directly affecting my job. Also, I wanted to help the organization learn from maybe some of their mistakes in the past on how outgoing veterans were treated. Like, he is burning the Packers front office to the ground. I mean, they suck. The Packers front office is a disaster. The opinion of this show has been made very clear that uh, the Packers are lucky they have had Vince Lombardi, Brett Favre, and now Aaron Rodgers. There was a little bit of a gap in, in Vince Lombardi's retirement to Brett Favre, but I don't think it was very long. Like, Vince Lombardi would have... He retired as the head coach of the pack. He was no longer the head coach of the Packers after 1968. So decent amount of time between him and Favre. Let's see. Brett Favre, uh, Packers 92. So 24 years, 24 years between Vince Lombardi and Brett Favre. But then, 92 to 2007. Let's just, uh, A.A. Ron Rogers. Yeah, would you look at that? Uh, he's been with the Packers since 2005 when they drafted him. So, um, he immediately became the starter when Brett Favre left. And, uh, if you look at the Packers history between 68 and 92, they weren't very good. And as soon as Aaron Rodgers leaves, once again, the Packers will not be very good unless Jordan Love just becomes a freak of nature, which Jordan Love is not a bad quarterback, but like the Bears have their guy. I think he's going to be a lot better than, uh, than Mitch Trubisky. But Aaron Rodgers burned the Packers front office to the ground They signed Randall Cobb, though, and uh, Randall Cobb's new nickname is now the Olive Branch. But I really thought Rodgers was going to retire. Like, he had a chance to get the easiest good job in television. Like, do you know how easy of a job Host of Jeopardy is? Host of Jeopardy is, one, one of them is, for how easy it is, It is, like, the most prestigious job in all of television. Like, hosting Jeopardy is up there with 
number one NFL play-by-play guy. Because, think about this. Number one NFL play-by-play guy. Jim Nance. Uh, Jim Nance. Um, Al Michaels. Joe Buck. And, God, I'm, Steve Levy. Was blanket on the ESPN guy's name for a while. Four people have that job. When uh, when they finally decide on who it's going to be, you know how many hosts of Jeopardy there are? One. It is the most prestigious job in all of television, which is weird to say, but it's kind of true. I mean, you can 100% thank Alex Trebek for that, but... It is the most prestigious and possibly easiest job in television. Like, they shoot a month's worth of episodes in, like, a week. Or they, I think it's, I think it's more than that. I think it's several months worth of episodes get shot in, like, three days. So those three days are rough, but you're working a grand total of, like, 12 days a year on one of the most popular shows in all of television, and you're making absolute bank. And, like, you be your name becomes part of the cultural lexicon. Like, how often do you hear, I'll take, I'll take things that didn't happen for 500, Alex? Like, how often do you see that on Twitter? Like, it'll take a while for it to change, and I, I think... A lot of people of, of my generation who, and, cause I'd say, I'd say a combination of, I'd say a combi- combination of millennials and uh, Gen X, uh, like the younger side of Gen X created the, I'll take blank for X money amount, Alex, in like a sarcastic way. I, I think it was a combination of the two that uh, created that. So I think, I think we'll still say Alex, but eventually that phrase is going to become LeVar or Aaron or whoever takes over as host of Jeopardy. Like that phrase will probably change because like it's not Alex Trebek anymore. Aaron Rodgers gave up what is like the he'll be able to get a job in television after he retires, but I don't think he's going to be able to get Jeopardy now, unless they hold it for him, which they might. Like they might, they might spin their wheels on a guest host for the length of this NFL season. Like they might spin their wheels on a few more guest hosts. There'd be plenty of people willing to do it. Heck, they could go back to the well and bring back good ones. Like, stick with LeVar Burton, bring Ken Jennings back, maybe let James Holsauer do it. Like, there are people you could go to. Heck, let... Heck, let Pat Sajak do it. Like, that, I think that would... I think that would honestly be a nice tribute. Let Pat Sajak do it. Let... Heck, let Will Ferrell do it. <laughs> like, I could see I could see Sony spinning their wheels on on guest hosts for another year if Aaron Rodgers is really their guy because it's it's very clear the Packers front office isn't going to change because Aaron Rodgers in text messages has referred 
to has referred to the GM uh Brian uh Brian Gunkit Brian I don't know how to pronounce his last name. But Aaron Rodgers has been refor- reportedly referring to him as Jerry Krause in group texts. Jerry Krause. The guy who everyone started hating again last summer, even though he's been dead for like 10 years. And everyone finally realized, oh, the villain in Space Jam, in the first Space Jam, looks just like him. That's not a coincidence. <laughs> like, Jerry Krause is one of the worst GMs in sports history. How do you piss off Michael Jordan? How do you willingly choose to piss off Michael Jordan? Like, if they're calling this guy Jerry Krause, there's no hope for this team if the Packers don't fire him. Like, Aaron Rodgers laid out his his terms, but he's he's done after this year. I can guarantee it. And if Jeopardy's there at the end, if Jeopardy's still there at the end of this season, that man is taking it. That man is absolutely taking Jeopardy. There's no way in hell he doesn't. That man is taking Jeopardy because he's so good at it. But I'm I'm as shocked as anyone he came back. I legitimately thought he was done. He he was th- he was considering retirement, which uh again, not surprised at all. Like he's engaged to Shailene Woodley. I mean, she's a little crazy for my taste, but he finds her but she is objectively attractive like he's engaged to Shailene Woodley they seem very happy together I wouldn't have been surprised if he's like yeah I'm retiring I'm I'm taking over Jeopardy in the fall like come September I will be the new permanent host of Jeopardy I could a hundred percent see that happening like I'm being honest but he's gonna play another year and uh the Packers front office is going to, he's going to, the Packers front office is going to continue to suck because they have never not sucked. So he's, he's done after this year. Like they're not going to change. They may have made some concessions for him, but they're not going to change. He's, he's done. He's going to play one more year. They're going to piss him off again. And he's going to walk calling it right now but there's uh god there's still more to talk about there's so much happened in the last week on top of all of that uh after this year the cleveland indians will no longer be the cleveland indians they will become the cleveland guardians now i don't hate the name as much as most people especially after the revelation to me, a person who has never been to Cleveland or the state of Ohio, period. I did not know these statues a quarter mile from the stadium, known as the Guardians of Traffic, were a thing. They're actually reasonably cool looking statues. They're they're a little weird, but once you look at them, they're they're kind of cool looking. Big statues, they got like a road. Their their hands are locked together and it makes a road like they're they're protecting the roads. It's a pretty cool looking statue. Apparently it's a big part of the city's culture. I mean, and someone tweeted the opening credits of, of Major League, which uh, 
yeah, they're in there. They're in the opening credits of Major League. You see them before you see Chief Wahoo. So they're clearly just as much Cleveland as the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the river burning. And apparently like a lot of people have it, a lot of guys in Cleveland and girls have it, have it tattooed somewhere on their body or have some reference tattooed, some kind of reference to them tattooed on their body. So clearly like the guardians are part of like the term guardians is part of Cleveland culture, but man, that logo sucks. My God, does that logo suck? And also, Monarchs and Spiders were right there. Cleveland Spiders was right there. No one is using that name because someone is using the name Cleveland Guardians. It's a co-ed roller derby team. Roller derby. Like, that's a thing. And they own the domain name ClevelandGuardians.com. You can go there right now. ClevelandGuardians.com. That is a... It, it is a flash site for a roller derby team. Like, I've only seen it on mobile. Let's see what it... Let's see what it looks like on... Uh, let's see what it looks like on, on desktop. Let's, let's just see what this... Uh, Shout out to uh, shout out to Dan Lust, the uh, the best sports lawyer on Twitter, for uh, for pointing this out to me. Let's just uh, yeah, it looks like it looks like it's the same on desktop. If I could actually find the link to the uh, the website, I can't. But like, this is a. This is a very poorly updated website for a co-ed roller derby team. And shout out to Dan Lust again, because scrolling through his Twitter, I completely forgot about something else that happened that we'll get to in just a second. But if you haven't seen it, go up the new, go and look up the new Cleveland Guardians logo. Um, It sucks. It's a G with with wings that's like wrapped around a baseball. It looks so bad. It looks so incredibly bad. And they, they, you can tell like some board graphic designer made it. <clears throat> and they took it to the marketing guy and said, find meaning behind this. It's like, Oh, the, the G wrapped around the ball is a split fingered fastball in reference to Cleveland's great history of pitching. Um, what great history of pitching, Cleveland? You've never had good pitchers. And the logo just screams double A. Like, the logo just screams double A. Like, if the Burlington Sock Puppets are making fun of you, which I don't care what anyone says, that's a freaking awesome name, because look up their logo. They embrace it. Like, they embrace the fact that Sock Puppets is a ridiculous name. But they're also part of the Appalachian League, which is not even minor league anymore. Like, if the Sock Puppets are making fun of you, but also their logo is incredible. Like, 
the logo screams minor league, but not in a good way. Like there are minor league logos that are creative. The Rocket City Trash Pandas. Go look up their logo. Theirs is awesome. The Rocket City Trash Pandas. Incredible logo. I want a hat with that logo on it. Uh, the Savannah Bananas. They're a they're a collegiate league. They embrace the ridiculousness. They had a dude introducing himself for his walk-up. I, I desperately want to go to a Savannah Bananas game because it looks like it's just so much fun. They, they play in bright yellow kilts once a season. One, that sounds incredibly difficult to play baseball in a kilt. <laughs> but that's uh, that's neither here nor there. But yeah, I don't think the name is terrible. I think the logo sucks and you should have at least checked because they're all clear on the trademark of using the name, but Dolan is probably going to have to cut a fat check to get the domain, to get the clevelandguardians.com domain. Oh, he's probably going to have to pay big money for that. And heck, this roller derby team got a crap ton of exposure. But... I completely forgot about this. The Big 12 is falling apart. <laughs> because when I wrote the show, I completely forgot that this was happening because so much else happened in the last week. But, and this has moved fast because apparently in the next couple days, the rest of the SEC is going to vote to let, to possibly vote on inviting Texas and Oklahoma I believe as soon as next season. Like, sure, they're going to have to pay absolute bank to the Big 12 for a couple years, but it's going to be worth it. Like, sure, the Big 12 gets their TV revenue for a couple years, but who cares? You're in the SEC. You're going to make bank. Like, oh, we have to give up our massive TV revenue for three years. whoop the freaking do Or four years. We have to give up our revenue TV revenue for four years. Oh, no. We we lose $10 million out of the... out of the $3 billion we brought in. So we only make $290 billion. Or $2.9 billion. Or, God, my math sucks. $290 billion. Million. No. I don't know math. Two point... Whatever. 2.9 billion. Yeah. Because that's... That would be $10 million. Yes. I have figured the math out. Kind of. I never said I was good at math, did I? But... Yeah, the, the Big 12 is done. Like, once Texas and Oklahoma leave, you're down to eight... You're down to eight members. And once that happens, like Kansas is going to the Big Ten. Iowa State probably is too. West Virginia is going to the ACC. Congratulations, you now have five members. Uh, and then those four the four remaining Texas schools are probably going to go to the Pac-12, which is a hilarious thing to think about because... <laughs> You really think Waco and Lubbock culturally are going to fit in with ba with Palo Alto, Los Angeles, and Berkeley? 
No, but money talks and it's going to be freaking hilarious. Like, the other four remaining Texas schools will probably join the Pac-12. Or at least, at least Baylor and, uh, at least Baylor and Texas Tech will. TCU might. God. What an absolute disaster. Like, we're going to have four 16. We're going to have four conferences of 16. And it lines up perfectly with uh, the playoffs expanding to 12 now, doesn't it? Between this and name, image, and likeness, the NCAA is screwed. The NCAA is going to die within the next, like, five years. And, sure, we'll... And whatever comes to replace them will probably just buy the trademarks for, like, March Madness and everything so we can keep that. And even if they, like, just buy the trademarks to March Madness and negotiate a new deal with CBS. Because, like, that's the one thing I don't want to lose from the NCAA is, you know, the best two, the best three weeks on the sports calendar. Including, like, Thursday, Friday of the tournament and put it back on Thursday, Friday this year, you idiots. Are my two favorite days of the year. Because it's just pure chaos. But the NCAA is screwed because once the big four, the Pac-12, the the Big Ten, the ACC, and the SEC are 16 members strong each, it's over. The four of them will hold leverage over the NCAA and they can do whatever the heck they want. Like, it's it's over. And I think, I think the other schools will eventually follow suit, but... The, the college sports landscape is is about to change drastically. And Texas versus A&M coming back every year? Thank God. And oh my God, the Twitter beef is going to be glorious. Could you imagine Texas Twitter versus Tennessee Twitter? Oh my God, sign me up. <laughs> Texas Twitter versus Tennessee Twitter. That's going to be horrible in the most amazing way. Oh my God. <laughs> I can't believe I forgot about that, but there was just so much that happened. This is, this is seriously the longest episode I've done in a while. Like, what do you guys think about everything that I talked about on the show today? Between the unmitigated disaster that is Active Blizzard, the Big 12 crumbling to pieces, NHL free agency, Halo Infinite firmly on its way. Like, let me know on Twitter. Let me know in the Discord. Links to both will be in the show description along with uh, my Twitch link. Come by and say hi while I'm uh, playing Halo all weekend. But uh, before we wrap up, got one more serious thing to talk about, but I will keep it short because if you have listened this whole way, I appreciate you and I don't want to take up too much more of your time. So Simone Biles has pretty much effectively dropped out of the remainder of the Olympics. I don't believe she's dropped out of the uh, individual events yet. No, she did. She, uh, she dropped out of uh, individual all around. So, so she is out, but the girl has more than earned it. Like, what is it? She competed at, she competed at nationals with a broken toe. She competed at worlds with a kidney disease. Like 
Cut the poor girl a break. Yeah, nationals with broken toes in both both feet. Worlds with a kidney stone. And of course was part of the uh, disaster that was um, Michigan State. And USA Gymnastics just treating its athletes like garbage. So uh, the girl has more than earned a mental health break. And um, she's still the best to ever do it. Possibly one of the best athletes of all time. Uh, ESPN didn't do much to help her with that because they wouldn't shut the frick up about Jake Paul, which, uh, and, and Floyd Mayweather, which was just, you idiots all got worked. But if you're going to criticize maybe the best athlete period ever, take a look in the mirror first. Like the girl has more than earned a break. So, uh, from... I know she's never going to listen to this, but hope you feel better soon, Simone, because you're a legend and uh, you have more than earned this break. So uh, take as much as you need and get better soon. But that was a very long show. <laughs> hope you all enjoyed. Hope you all enjoy uh, the rest of your week. And uh, I know I was a couple days late, but I will be back on track next week and I will talk to you guys next Tuesday. See you then.